Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There will be no death by inches. This is the Broncos Daily Podcast with Brandon Crystal. I want everything. I want all the meatballs and the pasta, you know? Happy Monday, Broncos country. Is it a happy Monday? The 2020 season is now officially upon us as the Chiefs were crowned Super Bowl 54 champs last night, concluding the 2019 100th season of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes and company did it in spectacular fashion the second largest comeback in Super Bowl history down 10 they scored 21 unanswered in basically less than seven minutes you can make a case that that final Damian Williams touchdown run was just the Niners defense finally giving up after trying to carry their offense uh, towards the end of the game and the offense not being able to come up and make a play. You see Kyle Shanahan now on the other side of both of those comebacks. You also see Patrick Mahomes take his place among the certainly up-and-coming greats, but now the all-timers in terms of having a quarter, having quarterbacked a Super Bowl champion and doing it at just age 24. In 36 starts, he's <laughs> led a top-five offense. He's been... An NFL MVP, he threw 50 touchdowns, he's had a number of playoff comebacks, and then capped his year with a Super Bowl championship. He was led by Andy Reid, of course, and CU Buffs' Eric Bieniemy. so you will hear from EB in just a second. And then I caught up with Steve Atwater, the man of the weekend in Broncos country, who, after years and years of not hearing his name listed as a finalist or not hearing his name called in the years that he has been a finalist, including last year when I heard that he was sixth in the room. He now takes his rightful place in Canton, Ohio, come this early August. Can't wait to help him with his speech, which I expect I'll do. And when he and I talked, I went last of all the people that talked to him. And he had Ryan O'Halloran from the Denver Post and Mark Kisla and uh, Mike Kliss from Nine News and a couple guys from DenverBroncos.com and Sirius and Westwood One, we're both talking with them, and then finally I had a chance to talk with them. And the conversation I knew would be a little personal, but it ended up maybe being a little more personal than, than I expected or, or anticipated just in terms of the nature because of not just the reverence I have for Steve Atwater, the player, but Steve Atwater, the person, is truly, truly one of the best people you'll meet, one of my favorite people uh, that I deal with on a regular basis. Uh, and I'm so glad that not only was I there – Saturday, as it was announced, and the world got to acknowledge Steve's greatness, the football world at least, along with, of course, Troy Palomalu, who gets in on his first try. Offensive lineman Steve Hutchinson, wide receiver Isaac Bruce, and Miami native and Miami Hurricane Edgerin James, who up until showing up Saturday at the NFL Honors hadn't done anything that the Hall of Fame had invited him to, and I don't know if that was in protest or just because he was busy hosting other people 
doing things across Miami, but it was a really, really special night. And then got a chance to spend some time with Steve uh, and his lovely wife and his son DeAndre. His wife, Letha, is a sweetheart. They've been together since college. Uh, they have four great kids. DeAndre was the only one that could make it. Uh, their daughter's in college, and then their other two boys couldn't make it. But it was just a, a magical night, one I'll always remember. Last year was great, of course, with the Bowling family getting in and with Champ Bailey, of course, getting in. But now for Steve to get in, we've got more orange and blue in Canton. Uh, so you'll hear uh, that in just a few minutes. But wanted to put a local Colorado spin on the Super Bowl and – there weren't a lot of options when the Chiefs were able to pull off the comeback, and I thought about it well before, so it wasn't a surprise. Of course, I went seeking Eric Bieniemy. Now, if you've listened to us talk about our coverage of post-game Super Bowl media availability uh, in the past, it's a bit wild. So, Super Bowl Forty-Eight, the Broncos are in a tent. The losing team comes into this tent almost right away, and they're never right next to the locker room. Sometimes they're close. Miami Stadium is so small that it, it wasn't very close. It wasn't super far, but it wasn't very close. So you have to find where you're going, and then eventually both teams are talking at the same time, plus the MVP and the winning coach are talking. So you have to kind of pick and choose where you're going. Emmanuel Sanders didn't talk very long. I caught him briefly afterwards, but you can imagine he wasn't in a very happy mood. Kyle Shanahan, I thought, handled himself well, uh, even though his team now has lost uh, a team he was in charge of, has lost, uh, you know, the two biggest leads in Super Bowl history. Uh, but I kept trying to find out if Eric Bieniemy would come in uh, because that was obviously who I was going to talk to when you talk about a local tie, a national champ with the Buffs, and then uh, an NFL coaching candidate for head jobs uh, these past couple years, uh, and people were really disappointed that he didn't get that gig uh, in – Carolina or Cleveland, but the Chiefs are sure happy to have him, and I know Andy Reid uh, is happy to have him. So I couldn't find anyone from Chiefs PR. Uh, it was just league uh, PR people and or representatives from other teams that just help out at the Super Bowl that were getting Chiefs players and Niners players, but, but specifically in this case, Chiefs players into uh, the post-game media availability. And then because that guy from Mexico stole Tom Brady's jersey, we don't get to go in the locker room unless you cover the team, are a national reporter, and or ask the league for permission to get into the locker room. That's something that we haven't done the last couple of years because uh, they're so small, it happens so fast, and you usually get whatever you need in the main press area as they're shuttling players in and out. Uh, and, and I mentioned the Broncos famously. Uh, Chris Harris and Doug Baldwin were so close, they were essentially back-to-back. -back. They could hear each other's answers. Uh, or Cam Newton, rather, and Chris Harris were back-to-back. -back. Um, but I remember Doug Baldwin being back-to-back -back with Chris Harris and hearing Doug Baldwin talking trash, uh, as he is wont to do. Uh, but then Cam Newton, who was criticized for his post-game comments, uh, they've finally, at least this year, I think it'll probably be the, the norm. And maybe they did it. Maybe they did it the last couple of years, but they have a buffer in between with uh, the MVP and the coach who are li likely not going to say anything too incendiary, but then the rest of the players can't hear each other through these speakers that aren't overly loud, but if it's quiet enough because uh, you're on one side, they're on another, and, and it's just one of those times where there aren't a lot of people in there, it can 
easily carry the the noise uh, from one side of the tent to the other. Uh, but back to Eric Bieniemy, I couldn't find out if he was coming in, and they said it's typically up to the coordinators. So I decided to walk in near the Chiefs locker room, and right as I do, they finally let all, all the media in the, that covers the team. So we're talking a full half hour after the game. They hadn't let the team in or the media in. Now a lot of them, I think, were on the field getting what they needed and or just covering a celebration. Uh, but I see Eric Bieniemy coming in just by dumb luck. I see Steve Spagnuolo right before him. I'm like, oh, if Spags is there, then maybe EB's still there. And lo and behold, EB comes in, and I just stop him real quick, tell him his pal Big Al, Alfred Williams, one of Al's favorite teammates of all time, uh, is Eric Bieniemy, and, and EB has so much love for Al. I know they talked almost every day last week because I was with Al a couple times uh, when they were talking um, and just goofing around and, and being buddies. Uh I told him Big Al loves him, and he was going to talk to him later. And I said, hey, can you stop real quick? So I got about 90 seconds from Eric Bieniemy uh, because I didn't want to slow him up. I didn't need anybody telling me, hey, you can't do an interview in the hallway. Uh, everybody's kind of walking by, wrapping up their duties. So uh, here is Eric Bieniemy's quick thoughts coming off the field after helping lead the Chiefs to the second biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. It's tough to put into words, but I will say this. I am so proud of the way our guys stuck together and found a way to persevere through an adverse situation. All year long, we've had to overcome hurdles with injuries. You know, the thing I'm proud of is that our guys have learned how to do things when things ain't perfect. And they found a way to finish, you know, today by playing 60 minutes of football into that final echo of the whistle. Without revealing the specifics, can you give me some general idea what the conversations when you're down 20 to 10, heading into the fourth quarter, and things just aren't going right? Patrick throws some uncharacteristic interceptions. You just remain poised. Guys was a little frustrated, but that's not what we're about. You remain poised, and the only thing that matters is the next play. So we, we told our defense, hey, just give us an opportunity. Give us the ball back. And our guys went out there, remained poised, and just played the entire game. It's a 60-minute game. That's why you continue to play. Sometimes bad things happen on the field. Sometimes bad things happen in life. But you got to keep living, so you got to keep playing. So, and that's the thing that I love about the character and the essence of who we are. We found a way to drag IS across the finish line together, and that was important. I don't think I have for you. You won a national championship as a player with the Colorado Buffaloes, now a Super Bowl champion. Got to touch the Lombardi. You're going to get to celebrate in a huge parade with the Chiefs. Can you tell me which one's better? You know what? I, I, it's hard <laughs> to sit here and try and justify which one is better. I will say this, though. I've been blessed and fortunate to play for four championships in this city. Two national championships and two Super Bowls I played here in Miami. Couldn't ask for a better way to go out. <laughs> we know there's plenty of bus pulling for you, and Broncos fans understand how good your team is. Congrats to you. Enjoy the celebration, and we'll catch you back in Denver soon. Well, thank you. Greatly appreciate you. If you have time, go to Twitter, at BK Denver Sports, and watch EB's smile. See EB's smile that he has uh, on his face as, as he and I were talking. Uh, it's always fun to be in communication with those on the winning side, uh, whether you're interviewing them or, or whatever, just see them. And then on the losing side, uh, it was tough. And I listened to Kyle Shanahan. I mentioned I chatted with Emmanuel Sanders very, very briefly. He didn't talk very long. I think he answered four or five questions. He got mad at a reporter, told him it was a stupid question, and then dismissed himself from the podium. Some guys were a little more talkative, uh, kind of breaking things down. But 
I don't even remember bumping into Jimmy Garoppolo in the postgame comments. I think that happened almost 40 minutes after. He did take a couple shots, um, but the game wasn't poorly officiated. Uh, so you can talk about a missed helmet to helmet. Uh, and the, the Chiefs' pass rush didn't rack up the numbers that the Niners did, but uh, they were able to get the pressure they needed late and the coverage that they needed. And you can ask, okay, where is Jimmy Garoppolo and where are the Niners? GM John Lynch, who uh, disappointed for the seventh straight year, a Hall of Fame finalist, but not a Hall of Famer. I think next year I really like his chances. Uh, and speaking of uh, Hall of Fame safeties, we will hear from Atwater in just a sec. But I was told that they had the best conversation that they've had for John Lynch. Uh, so tough weekend for John, who's done a great job alongside Kyle Shanahan and building the Niners up and getting him into a Super Bowl in just three years. Uh, but to have the disappointment Saturday of not being named a Hall of Famer again, and then Sunday for his team to blow a 10-point lead and lose uh, 31-20. If anyone wants to go back and check my Twitter timeline and or heard on this podcast Friday or on KOA Friday, I predicted 31-23. 31-20 feels pretty close. Uh, speaking of close, Steve Outwater had been really close to becoming a Hall of Famer, and I was told he was sixth last year. Well, uh, that has now changed. He's officially uh, elected to the Hall of Fame. He'll be enshrined in Canton in August, and I could not be happier for my friend, uh, and I think you'll hear that here in uh, what, like I said, turned out to be a pretty personal conversation. Uh, so here's my chat Saturday night following the Hall of Fame with Steve Atwater. Steve, I want to make it a little personal because why not? When uh, I found out a couple of years ago that I was going to get partnered with you, I was really, really excited to do a radio show with the great Steve Atwater. And literally from the day we signed on, I said, all right, I'm here with future Hall of Famer Steve Atwater. I said it in and out every you did. break. You did. I got to give you props. You didn't mind it too much. You just were like, oh, we'll see, we'll see. You'd always downplay it. But I said it because I believed it, and I certainly wasn't alone. But now that it's been spoken into existence, Ryan Edwards and May certainly carry, carry the tradition along because you not only did a show about – six weeks together, but uh, you'd meet so many people that would refer to you as future Hall of Famer. We can all drop the word future. Oh, man. It's still uh, surreal. Um, and I'm still kind of, I won't say at a loss of words, but I'm still kind of shocked. Um, I was hoping over the last several years that this would someday happen and for it to finally happen, like, I, I never really processed, like, how I would respond to it. I knew what I would say if I didn't get in, I'd, you know, congratulate all the guys and all that and, you know, hope for next year. But uh, for this to finally be the year that it happens is uh, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, I know I'm going to have a long list of people that I have to thank, you included, for, you know, just really getting behind me, um, bringing attention to my career and um, you know, all the things that, that I did and the type of person that I am. And, uh, you know, that's something that I'll, I'll never forget, man. I'm, I'm, I'm eternally, eternally grateful to a, a lot of people. Well, the main reason you're a Hall of Famer is because you earned it. And so... But it, still, some, you can earn it, but if, if people don't know about it, uh, you know, a lot of times things go un, unwatched, unlooked at, and a lot of times people forget, and it goes, you know, goes unnoticed. And, you know, you and, man, my great friend Mac Freeman and... You know, Ryan and Mace, you know, guys just did a wonderful job. You know, a lot of other guys, too. A lot of, you know, former players, TD, uh, even Champ, man, really advocating to kind of help my cause was uh, was great. And just bringing 
bringing it back up in the forefront of people's minds, and I, I really appreciate that. You mentioned Mac Freeman, obviously uh, your boss at the Broncos, I certainly, know, right. certainly yeah. your friend. I saw <laughs> right. We saw, we saw the video that uh, the the Hall and the Broncos put out of the moment you got that knock on the door from David Baker. Mac was in there, and your your wife uh, Letha and your son DeAndre just. Try to put that into words. Uh, we, we got to see the raw emotion. Now you've had a little bit of time to reflect. Yeah, it, it was special. Um, you know, having you know some of the closest people to me here. Um, I, I wish my, my daughter and my other two sons could have been here uh, with us. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, we, we got in touch with them as quickly as soon as we could and uh, gave them the good news. And uh, so they're, they're, they're with us uh, and talked to my dad. I know my mom's looking at us from above. No, Mr. B is looking for, uh, at us from above. So uh, it's, it's just, again, a special moment um, to hear that firm knock on the door. Man, it, it was undeniably, it was, it, was, it was David Baker. You see how big of a frame he has, you know he doesn't knock, he doesn't knock softly. He didn't disappoint. <laughs> There's been plenty of complaining over the years that there's enough orange and blue in Canton, but it's been a nice little run from TD uh, and then obviously last year with Mr. B and Champ and, and now – you, but just the second Broncos defensive player. And yeah. earlier you, you referenced some of your teammates. Certainly you look at those guys, the Orange Crush guys, so many people disappointed Randy Gradshaw isn't in yet. Yes. What's the significance for you, though, to add another Broncos defender in Canton? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. Uh, you know, just like we looked up on the stage and we saw Bill Carr, we saw uh, Troy Palomalu. Um, Donnie Shell. And then we had Donnie Shell um, as, as all Hall of Famers in this one class. So uh, I think it's extremely important. They, they were extremely dominant. Uh, they've been dominant throughout the years. They've had good teams, uh, a lot of stability there. And uh, that's the thing that we have to give. That we have to have. And we people know about the Orange Crest defense. They know about our legacy when we played in the, in the, in the 90s, you know, to win back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Not many teams have done that. Uh, and then, you know, we won the Super Bowl in 2015. Uh, we had a lot of great players that played this game over the years in that Broncos uniform and uh, just haven't been getting the love that we've been getting. But the more guys we get in, the more guys we can advocate for our own guys. And, you know, TD has, I got to say, been a guy who's done a great job of advocating for Broncos players and me in particular, he and Floyd Little. And, um, you know, I'm going to continue to do that same thing to make sure we can get more Broncos into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How, if at all, is it going to change your life that from now on it's Hall of Famer Steve Atwater? How's it going to change what? Your life. You know what? I, I don't know. Uh, but just knowing that I'm in, in a really amazing group, uh, you know, it just means the world to me. I have no idea what's in store for me. But uh, I'm ready for the ride. Well, luckily you got plenty of friends who are going to offer to help uh, help you with your speech. It's going to be a really fun weekend in Canton, and we can't wait to be there to celebrate. Congrats, cool, man. Appreciate you, BK. Can you hear the joy in the smiling assassin's voice? Uh, he was beaming ear to ear. He always has a smile on his face. Uh, but in this case, he was even happier. And then Saturday night, he he's in the hotel where the NFL 100 is staying, plus all the Hall of Famers that got in with him, his fellow Hall of Famers, and all the Hall of Fame nominees. And I don't know how much interaction he had with the nominees, but everyone else could not have been more complimentary. After having dinner with my wife, I was able to spend some time with, with Steve and his wife and his son. Uh, but just to see the love he was getting from players and and 
just fans alike was was amazing. And then at the game, he was the only Hall of Famer they brought on the field. I don't know if it's because they know what his day job is, working with the Broncos and how much media he's done recently. But instead of bringing Paul Amalu, Ike Bruce, Hutchinson, or um, Edge down to the field, they brought Steve down in the first quarter, and Scott Hansen uh, from NFL Network interviewed Steve in front of the, the entire crowd there uh, at the stadium. A couple other cool things from the Super Bowl. I bumped into Paul Rudd post game, so that was neat. Uh, fellow Jayhawk, and I'm a big fan of Ant Man himself. Um, and then pregame, they had the hundred greatest players on the field, uh, all the living. Uh, 100 greatest players and coaches, and they did a cool job honoring them. It was about a five-minute thing where they kind of categorized them in different things, uh, whether it be from eras or otherwise. Uh, so it was really, really cool. Uh, I've taped a bunch of conversations, but I am getting a couple of days off, so I'll do my best to put some Bronco, Broncos Daily podcasts together here for you in the upcoming days. But I uh, really wanted to, you to enjoy the Atwater conversation, so I may let that live for a day or two so that uh, people can really uh, get a chance to hear it. Uh, but then plenty more coming. The Combine's right around the corner. I'll be in Indy all week. Uh, and then free agency just after that. The owners' meetings after that. And then the draft right after that. So uh, it never stops here. The 2020 season is upon us, Broncos country. Uh, I appreciate you riding with me as we continue to grow the Broncos Daily Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our coverage from Miami. And again, props to you, Broncos country, for getting more orange and blue in Canton. We will see you next time on the Broncos Daily Podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.